welcome to another episode of the Point Forward Podcast. We are recording on a Wednesday night. The Cavs and Pacers are battling as well as the Raptors and Wizards and huge games in both of those series and to break down those series as well as a few other series that wrapped up over the last couple of days. Uh, PJ, what's going on, man? Oh, what's up, Ultra? Ready? What up? <laughs> it was a fun game last night. It was super f- yeah. That is I a mean, hell of a way. That's a hell of a way to get out of prison. That's I mean, that's something. That is a quite the twenty four hours for, for Meek. I, uh, so did he literally get out that day? That's uh, I might have missed that. Yeah. So he well he like yeah I guess so posted bail and then yeah they had him re- his release and then he was jumped on a helicopter or whatever and like helicoptered over to the uh, to the Sixers game yeah and then got a quick little car ride over was there before. Like before, as like they were all warming up and stuff, and was <laughs> ready to rock and roll. But I uh, don't think the Heat, you know, credit to the Heat that had their one game. Granted, you know, it was an away game, but you know, you had the Dwayne Wade, nice little moment there. Uh, but then, I mean, I, I it'd be tough for me to uh, to expect any team to to withstand a Joel Embiid return midway through a series and then also a real you know meek mill being released from jail that's uh that's a lot of uh of lady momentum showing her her favor towards the the city of uh brotherly love it's just philadelphia's year man it certainly appears to be going that way it'll be like a there's more buzz for the sixers going to the finals than than ever and it'll be interesting to see what happens with them um because they, they you know, we talked going into the playoffs once the the matchups were kind of set that I, I was interested in this theory, series and I thought the Heat could give them some problems just because uh, Embiid was a question mark. He ended up coming back in game three of the series, which definitely helped the Sixers. But they, I thought they matched up pretty well for them. They had a really good bench. I thought that they could, cre- you know, definitely push it to six, maybe seven, and. Uh, the Sixers after Game Two just really kind of flipped the script and tightened things up. And they, 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 the impressive thing with them is given how young they are, they just matched Miami's intensity. Like Miami's got some tough dudes on it. James Johnson kind of be epitomizing that whole uh, image for them. And you know he was spent a lot of time guarding Ben Simmons, and Ben Simmons did not back down. And it, I think that says a lot about this team. Yeah, I mean, I think Ben Simmons showed that he's definitely. Uh, way more mature than he probably should be at this point. Like he, uh, it's it's uh, it's pretty weird. I mean, I was like gushing over that, just like that Miami was really kind of trying to intimidate the shit out of this team, and that's probably their was their best play of just being like a, a gritty, it's not a bad stretch, experienced, yeah, experienced veteran team, and you know everything that they've. They've like those guys on the Heat have accomplished, and there's no one really on the Heat that is going to back down from some of that um, extra stuff. So, especially like James Johnson of all people to be talking the way he was, and uh, Ben Simmons is not blinking. He was just like, "All right, yeah, like you're not going to do anything on this court, like whatever. Like I'm not, I'm not going to let this affect me." It was pretty cool, um, and and for the most part for this. Sixers team just their mentality of you could probably say maybe they're they're they don't know any better like that's why it hasn't really done much to them so that was just a cool moment but I mean it was a fun for being only a five game series it was a very fun five games to watch and there was just they had a lot going on in there um it was it was definitely one that had a lot more. I think the cast of characters was a lot bigger than I. I think most people would have thought of. I mean, you have Kevin Hart. You have the Meek return of Meek. Uh, 
uh, the Dr- the Dwayne Wade game uh, and and all of those pieces. So I do think it's good for the Sixers though that they just were able to I, I just close this out and and move and be able to rest. Let Joel have a few. Because it just had the level of chippiness with it. That was the one thing I didn't want to have happen is anything stupid to come of it. Man, I mean, like, you have these playoff series. Like, the teams just get sick of each other. And you're always in like, every playoff series you look at, there's chippiness in this. It's just the nature of guys playing each other four or five, you know, six game times, you know, back to back to back. Like, people just get sick of one another. Uh, I mean, there was that Josh Richardson play last night with Ben Simmons that kind of made me wince and a few other people and tried to say, like, all right, I'm not saying, I'm not really sure if, because the, the clip that cuts to it, it kind of looks like Josh Richardson stumbled, but it also looked like he was kind of doing a little, <laughs> trying his best uh, yeah. low low cut or something, I mean. He was uh, definitely leading with the crown of his helmet if he were going off a of football. <laughs> yeah, it was a, it was a little sketchy, but it's really funny to me that we're leading this this episode with talking about the Sixers after last week. Sorry again, Sixers fans. We we won't forget you again. We're a, well, that's we're why we come out strong. Talking about them, yeah. We we got we got we got love for that team. They're very fun to watch, uh, and. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's going to be – I mean, I, let, let's jump over to the other two series that have already finished up. Well, I had one more – well, we got, we I had one more thing with this. Philly's next matchup because Bucks and Boston, that's – Philly's looking well, like they're in a, a pretty good position. Well, before we do – I just like the only other – the last like point I really had for that series was I didn't see anything, so – if I was missing something, but just the tone of everyone with the, the like acting like this might be Dwayne Wade's last game, I didn't really know where that storyline came from. I I didn't. Understand it was that it was really bizarre to me. Like even like Gabby Union was tweeting about it afterwards, and it just kind of seemed like a at first just something like a, a very broadcaster, yeah, like a something that someone would say during the broadcast, just as like a little thing but it just it gained so much steam and 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 Spose got asked about after the game and it just was like oh that just to me at least came out of left field that i really hadn't gotten that tone from Dwayne wade or anyone uh and i mean Spose said after the game it's like this if he comes if he's comfortable and like okay coming off the bench like he could do this for probably another five years i could understand why he might not want to but I personally, I guess, would be shocked if he's just would up and retire. Uh, just even on like a bench roll. I mean, if, if they're able to, you know, I guess it's what money he has and all that. But he's got enough things. I I, th- I just feel like it would be in his better interest just to try the role playing role for a, a year, maybe and. If it's just not for him, it's not for him. But if he can stay in Miami, I would be shocked that he would just like call it right now. Because especially if you look at of the Banana Belt crew, the person that looks the most washed and the person that I would say should probably retire the soonest is Melo. I would agree with that. I mean, D Wade showed that he, at least in flashes coming off the bench, nice he can be really good. I know you'd like that, but uh, yeah. I, I would be really surprised if he wasn't coming back for another year. Or two. Yeah, he, if, he is certainly past his prime. He can still do some stuff. Yeah, I mean, we, we forgot about the series last week, so, I mean, put, be the first to put my hand up if I missed that story that, that got released during this series, I guess, that you know, we, we dropped the ball on seeing. But just when watching the broadcast and just during the game, that just that fourth quarter, was, that's what they were building to this, like, is this the last time we see Dwayne Wade on the NBA court? And I was like, hold up, I didn't. I thought we had a little bit more time before that, right? Because Dwayne Wade definitely seems like the type that would want the. Not that I'd say he want, but I could see him doing more of the. The final tour, like the select, but I don't know. I could be wrong. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
I, I don't see that happening. I think he's going to come back for the Heat for another year and, and see what happens. At least. The, the Heat. The Heat are very interesting. Like, uh, it was reported today that they're going to explore uh, trading Hassan Whiteside, which... Uh, you think? Godspeed. Uh, like, that was pretty obvious based off how this series and really the last couple weeks of the season went. You could barely see the floor. But that's an untradeable contract in my mind, unless you're just giving up assets with it. That's going to be a tough one to get rid of. Maybe Brooklyn will take that one too, for all I know. I could be wrong. But let's yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure. Let's move LeBron's on. having himself a moment right now, though. He's, He's messing some stuff up. Yeah, LeBron's looking really good tonight. Uh, in the West, the two series that have wrapped up, Golden State took care of the Spurs last night, winning by a pretty comfortable margin. In, uh at home wrapping that game up or wrapping that series up 4-1 and then the Pelicans swept the Trailblazers which you nailed that pick PJ I I was totally off I thought the I thought Portland had a good chance of winning I picked them to win and I could not have been more wrong so yeah I no, I can't say I take full I just said I think AD could at least win them two games I didn't know those two games would come both in Portland and then it was, at that point, um, yeah, I mean, they did a really great job of, of giving Dame all the trouble in the world, and that was really the focus, you could tell, for their entire series, and shout out really Drew Holiday for making himself look like a max freaking player, <laughs> I mean, but... He, he was unbelievable. I mean, he yeah, I mean, 80 was... By a comfortable margin. Right, I mean, AD was is the best player in that series, but uh, Drew Holiday w- was definitely the X factor as far as giving them the ability to really be an impossible matchup for for the Blazers to overcome. And that's, I mean, AD, I don't know who you would even start to think. We were talking about this, I think, at the beginning of the series, of who would match up with AD, and that was kind of where I was coming from of, I could see him by himself just winning them two games, but you look and, and Rondo played excellent as well. Um, it's pretty fine. If the just I was getting at him, there's that clip of him after the game, after they swept him and asked him a question. They didn't have a mic in front of him, so it's just kind of. I think uh, it just was. It, I thought it was funny for. I mean, just his reaction to it, but also. Just, I don't really think anyone was prepared to be talking about a Pelicans four-game sweep. No, and because you, you, you're definitely not going into it expecting Drew Holiday to just really give Damian Lillard problems, and he, I mean, he that was the guy that he was on most. Yeah. Uh, but then offensively, also, though, too, he was very man, he yeah. Had Forty, he had forty-one points in Game Four. You know, you expected AD right. to uh, do AD stuff. And Miritich to have a tough time guarding him, but the Pelicans just if if you're gonna get peak like Anthony Davis was still really good in this series and he was great in Game Four. Drew Holiday was great in Game Four and just solid in every single game. Where CJ had one good game, I believe in Game Three. It might have been Game Four. They had 38 points, but other than that, neither of those two guys, neither of the best players on the on the Trailblazers, had a good series. And you just you can't have that. You gotta. Someone needs to be raising their the quality of their game, and that's not well, for either of those two two players. Well, the ish thing was they were they the Pelicans decided they were going to let CJ try to beat them, not Dame. They were they were going to focus on shutting Dame down, and I would say that's more on on them as far as you know job well done by the by the Pelicans and. Yeah, I think some of it does kind of fall on, on CJ, but I just I don't it. I think it's a, somewhat of a tough look on him. I think Dame certainly was trying to figure stuff out, but it, it's it's tough when this you're getting bared down on like that by a by a team. And yeah, the I just Alvin Gentry showed his coach, and he really came up with a perfect scheme and just coached a hell of a four four game series and. They picked up his option, which is definitely, I think, well-deserved on his part. And you look at kind of beginning of the season, I think he was easily one of the top three 
four guys as far as coaches that people would have had. You know, if things had gone south and with this team early, like a lot of people are pointing that he would he would be an easy scapegoat for them, and you know, fit so. Uh, good for him, and yeah, I mean, because even look at how they used Miritich, like, they were able to do a lot to give Nico a lot of open shots, and he was, he was just cashing them in. I don't think they're going to be able to do that against Golden State, but we'll, we'll see. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how Golden State matches up and defends Anthony Davis. Because, uh, I mean, you definitely want Draymond to be, to be on him, but I'm not sure if you can really have Zaza running around out there against Mirtich or, um, you know, Jordan Bell or uh, right. I'm forgetting. Whoever I'm forgetting their starting center is. JaVale. Uh, thank you, JaVale McGee. I, I mean, none of those guys can really, like, none of those guys can really guard Mirtich on the perimeter. So I feel like they're going to have to start their center on Anthony Davis and put Draymond out there. I, I'm not sure. This is going to be – I. I really think I that to, I I have to play their their small ball lineup a lot against this. Um, yeah, I think if I think you would see them doing that more if it's close and if they're just not they're having one of those nights where they're just not shooting very well. But I think Golden State's going to come at it more of the approach of we're going to play our lineups and we're going to keep our rotations the same and. We're gonna see if Anthony Davis can outscore, you know, our four, our four versus your one, and you know if it's the four it comes down to four quarter, they may change some of it, but I would be pretty surprised if they do a ton of things differently than they had, you know, especially against the Spurs. I think it's the the Spurs and Pelicans, I guess, are, are similar enough as far as just their personnel. Um, and some of the the, line, the matchups that they're gonna show, I mean, their actual offense and all that is very different. But just the the type of matchups you would have looking at the Warriors, I think, is is similar. I don't think you're gonna see a completely different rotation from them right. uh, going into this series. Right, and for Golden State, their series against San Antonio is about what we expected it to be. I, I personally was pretty surprised just to see the Spurs getting a win in game four and pushing it to five games. And they yeah, played I don't think the, game two. Yeah, I don't think the Warriors necessarily wanted to play that fifth game. I think they were kicking themselves a bit after game four. They had to really gear up for one more game. Yeah, game four, LaMarcus just played great, and Manu really closed it out for them. And, and Manu nobly. I mean, the guy certainly seems like he can keep playing. So I well, that's the crazy thing. Going back to Dwayne Wade, like you told me in that those Spurs, the Spurs and Heat finals, the two back-to-back finals, you'd said Manu or Dwayne Wade who play who's gonna be playing in twenty nineteen, and you're like Manu, and I would have, I think everyone would have called just complete bullshit on yeah, that. But absolutely, not only that, but still just. I mean, his style of play just really hasn't changed at all. It's just his minutes, and he's definitely lost a step. Well, and also, ironically, literally, if you look, step. yeah, but well, same which. But I'm saying, I like the, that's a piece. It's kind of ironic too about these the two dudes is that like literally the role and like how you would describe to Dwayne Wade how he could play the next five. You would literally say Manu. Like, look what Manu did. Look how they used Manu. Like, that's exactly what. Dwayne Wade could do if he wants. Right. Yeah, I, I don't know. I it, It's going to be weird if the Spurs no longer have uh, Manny Ginobili and then Tony is the last guy from the, you know, the, the old school Spurs. But, uh, yeah, the Pelicans-Golden State should be a really fun series. You know, assuming Steph does not play, it, it definitely gives the Pelicans some more options. Uh, as far as how they match up against them, because uh, I would guess that Quinn Cook is going to get an, a lot of open looks. I don't think that you're going to see Drew Holiday on him too much. He's going to spend a lot of time on Clay. Uh, but you know, Kevin Durant, this is his series to just go out there and and do his thing because the the Pelicans just don't have a wing to really match up and and defend him. 
Oh no! I mean, yeah, that's 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 the big thing with me is like I just like, I think this is interesting because if Drew Holiday shows out and Anthony Davis continues to play like we would expect him to, they're gonna they're gonna definitely be in these games and make it tough on Golden State. But man, they just they're if Kevin Durant is playing like he did in let's say last year's finals, it's just they're not gonna have an answer for that. That's gonna be that's gonna be tough. So I'm sure we're gonna we're gonna talk about this series more once all these other series wrap up and we know the other matchups. But uh, let's move on to some some series that are still ongoing here, PJ. So the two series that are actually going on as we speak, Toronto and Washington, will play the winner of Cleveland and Indiana. <laughs> Right. My Raptors, baby. <laughs> Both tied 2-2. Uh, Washington is up one point in the fourth quarter. Uh, just under 12 minutes left in the fourth, so that just started. Cleveland's currently up eight in the third. So these probably, by the time you listen to this, it's going to be 3-2, one of those teams. But, uh, wow. So we, like, I personally thought Washington w- was done, but that, Hey, they they got two home games, so you never know. And lo and behold, they win both those games at home, and it's it's a it's a series. Raptors gonna Raptors, baby. I I would. I I don't like taking a complete mis- like enjoyment of another fan base's misery, but I do. Woo boy! If I could take it's me up some. If I could take me up some Wizards knocking out the Raptors in the first round, I'm drinking all that up. So, I mean, John Wall has played played really well in Washington. Uh, and, and tonight. Yeah, I mean, and to, but he's continuing it from, yeah, what he was playing through when they went back to Washington. Um and yeah, man, I mean they're they're making it interesting enough that it's um I, I don't know what else to I mean, I can't sit here and say I've watched every minute of it, but I've caught most of the fourth quarters and because uh, it's just I better priorities and trying to figure out a way to stream or watch NBA TV <laughs> when some of these other games have been going Stop. on, but yeah, so, um, but from what I've seen, yeah, it's just, it's, um, I said Toronto's gonna Toronto. I mean, they, uh, you keep trying to sell me it's the new, new Toronto Raptors, but there's something about them in the fourth quarter where they just decide that anything good they were doing, they're just gonna stop. And, uh, granted, I think some of it too, I mean, DeMar Dinch and, and Kyle Alred, I, for the numbers exactly were for those games three and four, but, not as uh, not shooting at the the clip that they were. I think have been for most of the regular season, and yeah, I think just a lot of credit goes to John Wall for how he's played. So, who would your like the way that things stand right now? Who are you picking in that series, though? Who do you actually think is going to win? I have a sneaking suspicion that Washington has the momentum, and that they're going to end up pulling pulling away. Well, if they win tonight, yeah, it's done. But that game, that game could go either way. Still, so the way things, the way that game is going, and with two games left, who you got? Well, I basically would want to pick whoever wins this game. So, when you're listening to that, this no, tomorrow, you're, you're copping out. I, I tell you who I want to win this, but I can't. I, I'm not gonna to say that what what Toronto did in the first two two games they can't figure that back out. Like th- this could be this could be these new Raptors and uh, you know they could really show show prove us all wrong. But I would say based on whoever won Game Five, I would pick to to win. So yeah, when you're listening, insert team here. Think we'll win in in seven. So just fill in the blanks, folks. Who do you think, Ultra? 
I think well, I just said that. I think I think. Oh, Washington's I wasn't sorry. I was watching LeBron. I think Washington's going to win tonight. I think that they end up winning in uh, six. I think they're going to win the next two games. And I think it's a lot more fun for that team to be clicking on all cylinders, going and playing against uh, you know the winner of Cleveland, Indiana, which. Cleveland is now up eight points in the third quarter here. Um, you know, this game is definitely a little scary if you're a Cavaliers fan just because Kevin Love has been terrible. He he really has not been able to get his outside shot yes. falling whatsoever. He's, he's, he's rebounding, but what else is he doing? Oh, the first four games, nothing. But, I mean, nine points in this first quarter. He's I'm trying to see what his total is at right now. He had a nice first quarter in this game. Uh, so he he definitely and like was eleven points on two of eight shooting. Yeah, that's that's. I mean, you know, Kevin is not really you could say <laughs> isn't uh, continuing that success, but um, I think that's also because LeBron James is about to have like uh forty five, like twelve and twelve. Yeah, it doesn't matter when you have LeBron in the first round. All I'm saying is that if they. If they play a, a, a Wizards or a Raptors team that it, that's playing well and all you have is LeBron, I mean, they need someone else to contribute consistently and they just haven't gotten it. So that's that's the that's the thing that's been a little... You think the Wizards... You don't think just having LeBron James can knock, take you out of the... get you past the Wizards? No, I'm not saying that it's not possible, PJ. I'm saying that if they want to make another finals run... LeBron's going to be exhausted by the time he gets to the conference finals if he's having to shoulder all the load for the remainder of round one and against the Raptors or Wizards in the next round. That's what I'm saying. Maybe. Maybe. I'm not... Hey, you're 15, baby. Hashtag strive for greatness. I'm, uh... My my policy has been until you show me how LeBron doesn't get to the finals, which would be... You're actually beating them. I'm not gonna believe it. I even this. I'm still like, all right, yeah. You know, he's going through his Lance bullshit and all that, which, which is been, which is pretty fucking cool. hilarious. I I mean, I love it. It's it's just really interesting this year. I like his LeBron's reaction to it this year is just so much of like he's been worn down by it. And he's just like this motherfucker just keeps won't stop no matter what. I think he's a little sick of playing the Pacers. Oh, hey, yeah. <clears throat> this is what you get uh, when you say in the East, LeBron. It's just... Yeah, I think he... Well, thing. the ultimate thing would be as if Lance could find us second home, but it'd be in the West. <laughs> and just follow LeBron out there, but... I can't. I'm a... I cannot see Lance on a Western Conference team. No, he's yeah, his he's gonna have his number probably put up in the rafters by the Pacers. Uh yeah, the just stark um amount though that they've been relying on LeBron, how much LeBron's had to carry them and it these games be as close as they are, um is wild. Victor Oladipo's had a freaking awesome series though too. Um I don't wanna forget about that dude because he's really impressed me in every game i mean he's he's coming at him and he is uh yeah, he really is like rough shooting night the other night but yeah but i he he didn't he stop I, game in so many areas right too. and it's like it's clear he's the number one option and just like this is his freaking team and he's i mean i give him a ton of credit for for being able to yeah, lead this team and be able to have them competing and staying in with LeBron um, as much as they have. And they've, I mean, I still think a lot of it is poor execution by the Cavs more than it might be anything special or, you know, I don't think it's really Lance is truly affecting, you know, a ton of this. But it's just a, a lot of it has to be who's going to who's gonna run with LeBron. He needs four other dudes. Jairus had his coming has come and gone kevin love like you were talking about i mean the first four has been atrocious uh i'm really hoping that it, if at some point i'm hoping it'd be the next series that you see you get like a game or two like the jordan clarkson games because as we talked about 
you know, when they got him, that was kind of the guy. More of them I looked at, it was like the high-energy dude while LeBron maybe has to sit a few minutes that if he could keep the scoring charge going and really be a, be a force on the court. But he's really disappeared and been non-existent at points throughout the playoffs so far. Uh, for sure, man. Yeah, I'm... <clears throat> I don't know that this series has has been a good one to watch. Um, I I'm personally surprised that the Pacers are keeping as close as the, as they have. I, I certainly didn't expect a Cavs sweep, but them winning Game One was a shock, and it, it's uh it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to see these next couple games, especially if if Indiana can keep this one close, but. Uh, by all accounts, it looks like if Cleveland's uh, pulling the game out tonight, they're probably not losing the final two and, and will likely make it in the second round. Um, and then the the final matchup in the Eastern Conference that we haven't talked about yet, and I I talked to, I brought up for a second earlier was the Celtics and the Bucks, who the the Bucks ended up losing a close one against Boston the other night, and are now down three two. So in this series, every time the home team is won, is there any reason we should think that that's not going to happen in Game Six? Yeah, I um, I'll be very that's triggered if. Uh, no, it's not that. I'm pretty f- fucking sick and tired of the Eric Bledsoe shit. Um, I mean, yeah, it depends on how Giannis responds. Because shout out Semi uh, Ojale, he. Fucked up Giannis last night. Like, he gave him a ton of trouble. Uh, Chris Middleton still hitting a bunch of circus shots, but... Uh, he's, been, he's had a great series. I mean, I not to say, like, the Bucks not having any sort of offense to start the first half is, is really why they lost, because, I mean, they played excellent in the second half. And uh, so I'm going to, like, hope that they can just regain that and that piece of it Giannis turns back to to form but uh they really looked awful in the first half and no one could get a bucket so but I mean when you when you look at like in that game the no call on the Al Horford shot clock was just like so brutal to just that like everything was going the Milwaukee's way they were um, definitely had had the Celtics on the ropes, and you have that sequence there, and it just it, it kind of that at that moment I was like, crap, like that's that's it, like that is just for you just kind of get those vibes from time to time, and it's just like that play was just it was so bad, and it's it's tough to kind of come back because they literally in that defensive set had played them perfectly, and and they got Al Horford to do that twice, having to chuck up end of shots and they had Terry Rozier on a shot clock they really in the second half gave Boston fits as far as them being able to get an open look on anything and you just had these one-on-one heaves and and some of them were shot clock violations so that just like not being able to so doing exactly what you needed to do in that moment and getting the stop and then losing that time and then them getting the ball back having to do it again and then you still had, you were, I think they were down four, like, were they down six at that point? So I think they were down six still, so it was like. I think it was six. Yeah, so, like, to then be able to come, and it's like, all right, we just need to get this stop, and we can, you know, make it a one-possession game if we go down then and score. We stop when we score. And they did the stop, and it's, you know, it, and there's nothing they can do. They couldn't review it, I guess, and. I don't know why. I just don't also know how you have all those professional refs and none of them looked up at the shot clock and it's pretty it's pretty wild in that moment to, to mess up that bad on something like that. That there's there's literally things in the stadium designed to help you with that too. It's not an ambiguous call. It's like the horn goes off, you're watching the ball still in Al's hand, like that's a no brainer. Uh, so... It's not an episode of the point forward if we're not getting some um, some anger talk about the Bulls or the Bucks. So I'm glad we got this. In. It's not anger. It's just like that's not and that's not what lost. I mean, the they, Bucks played better in the first half, um, 
and really, you know, it's, um, but I mean, I'll, I'll say this, the nice thing is now it, it's like to have playoff Thon show up really did help them. So I'm hoping he can be a, a continued X factor for them. And I mean, if you're taking between him, Jabbar, and Jabari had his little complaints about his playing time, but he, you know, as we, we missed a few, we have a couple, you know, with the Western Conference side still to talk about, but Jabari talked some talk, but then when he was in, he made gave really good minutes after making those comments in every game. Uh, but yeah, the Thon piece has been huge for them, and he was a factor last year, so I mean, I'm all here for playoff Thon. He's been watching... He's watching that bleach. I have anyone saw the video, the KG like motivational video of him just like talking. Uh, it gave me chills. It's like really good, but I guess Don like watched that and it's re-unlocked playoff Don. So I just need playoff Don to show up for a regular season too, and not just once the series go back to Milwaukee and in playoffs because he did. Same thing against Toronto last year. It was the first two games. All of a sudden, Don Maker emerged and was huge for them and got them to a game six. So I'm I'm nervous about the game just because yeah, it's it it kind of has a very similar feel to what uh, they were in they were involved in last year. And I'm I'm my rationale is I'm like all right, series has gone exactly the same way as that Toronto one. You know you're the better team. You talked like that against the Raptors. Now, playing a Celtics team without Kyrie and without Warren Hayward, like, recognize you're the better, you have the more talented team, you have the better player, and, like, this is where the Bucks grow up. And it's like, all right, they can be a real-ass basketball, you know, a real-ass contending team is you, you, you win this game at home and you – you put the pressure on Boston, and you just you take that crap from them at their own home court. I think this is. I think you're right. Game six is going to be really important for this team. I think it's a must win. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I would agree with that. But I just meant more for the longevity and what this team could be doing in future playoffs, and specifically what what kind of player is Giannis going to be? Because we know how great. He can be in the regular season, and we know in an individual game what he's capable of. But the the best players in NBA history have always kind of stepped up to another level when backed into a corner like this. And so, you know, you'd expect Giannis to, to do the same and to come out in game six and then hopefully a game seven and really just take things up a notch. And because uh, at some point, it's you know, you got to kind of throw the excuses out the window Giannis is at the edge of like entering his prime, you know, close to like starting to be at the the player we are going to you know gonna be seeing for you know his career, like his, the best version of of Giannis. And it's not like he doesn't have any talent, and he he doesn't have a great coach. Uh, he I does, but I think, think took it out of my mouth. He doesn't have a coach. Doesn't have a coach. He, but he he has Chris Middleton, Chris Middleton, who has had a really really good series. Um, he's been a good second option for that team. Eric Bledsoe has definitely failed to live been up a, to what you'd expect from him. No question. Been a liability has been a freaking liability for as much as he's like that energy dude and all that. Like it's those dudes when they it goes south and it's like it starts to become a detriment. It's the part where kind of if you had a real coach. You pull his ass, or like, yeah, it's almost like Zach Harbour tweeted. It's like a real shame that Eric Bledsoe didn't get ejected from the game last night. <laughs> for the Bucks, so, yeah, yeah, for yeah. the Bucks' sake, it's really unfortunate. Anyway, man, it's just yeah, they uh, this is a series that that team needs to win, and it's I'm not saying that they this team needs to get to the Eastern Conference Finals or bust because they they're gonna have a tough second round matchup against the Sixers, but. This is this is a team that they should beat. The Celtics, like you said, they just do not have the talent that that should be keeping up with them, and uh, and yet they they're up a game. So, game six is gonna be really fun to watch, man. I, I'm looking forward to that one. Is that I'm not. Day? They've been very stressful. I know they. <laughs> every time I talk to you about about them when the game is on, it's uh, I can tell that you're a little preoccupied, and yet that game's on at seven o'clock tomorrow. 
Um, yeah. It's the only game. Only game tomorrow. It's going to be up against the NFL draft. So I think I know what you're going to be watching. Both. Both. So let's move back to the Western Conference here. Uh, this you want to get. Pretty cr- let's get oh, this okay. Yeah, let's get this. I was going to so- say. I- Welcome to the fan corner section of the broadcast yeah. where we yeah. talk about our teams and how we feel about that. So I'll tell you how I feel about the Minnesota Timberwolves. I feel that they have some serious problems. And they <laughs> they had strung six really good quarters of basketball together going into the second half of last night. And boy, did the third quarter go south. They outscored 50-20 to 20 in the third quarter after being down by one point going into the second half. And uh, clear, obviously the, the game was over at that point. Uh, the the, Timber, the Timberwolves had been playing better defense in the first three games of this series than, than we've been accustomed to seeing from them over the course of the season. But even with the defense being ramped up a little bit. They were getting they were getting very lucky with how Houston was shooting and that ended very abruptly in the third quarter of last night's game. Uh, James Harden and Chris Paul essentially did whatever they wanted for a quarter and the game was over. Yeah, there's no defense. It was bad. It was very bad. Uh the Timberwolves and and how they handled the pick and roll with James Harden is wasn't great. It is <laughs> so ugly to watch and I, that's yeah. not even strictly last night that's been in general i i don't know it doesn't seem like they have much of a uh, of a game plan with it because james harden either gets an open you know not, i wouldn't say step back it's a very slow methodical step back three where james harden reads the pick and roll has time to see that jimmy's not going to get out to him and then has a wide open three uh or he gets momentum going towards the basket with Carl Anthony Towns waiting for him, and that usually ends up the benefiting foul. the Rockets. Yeah, yeah, either with a bucket or a foul or a lob to Clint Capella. And, yeah, I, I, this year, like, it, there was no expectation for the for Minnesota to, to win this series, and honestly the fact they won a game was pretty surprising for me. But uh, hopefully they can make things close tonight going back to Houston uh, and uh, and at least get the offense going a little bit and have some momentum, as momentum as much momentum as you can have going into the offseason, that is. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know, PJ. It's, uh, this, this team is going to have some, some issues with their roster, the primary culprit being Andrew Wiggins making $30 million next year and – it's uh i'm not the future is not looking quite as bright for them as i thought a little you know six months ago i uh i mean we we basically had i mean brought this up i I think every single time the rockets and tebos have played it's like the rockets are literally the worst matchup ever for the timberwolves (laughs) um they they honestly the timberwolves would have matched up okay with any other western conference uh team they i i their chances are, i think are a lot better and oh boy oh if they better. if they could have been anywhere yeah between the three and eight like yeah if they could have i mean if they could have played yeah like you said anyone i mean maybe not golden state but they play golden state a lot better than they do exactly against the rockets the, the end result of the series may not be much different but they would have made each game a little more interesting and, and matched up against better. You could have at least gone in every game thinking they really had a chance. Like, I mean, we were talking, I mean, what we were expecting the Rockets to do, what the Rockets did in game four is what we were texting back and forth about them doing in game three. It was just like, they're good at, when's it come? And it's just, it's a solid team plays where they're just going to keep getting their shots. They know. Their their shots are gonna be there, and it's just if they're not making them fine, but they're gonna not nothing about this Rockets team. They're gonna change their style of play, and it's just if they get hot at any point, you're done. So you have to be almost perfect on the other end. Yeah, and just and hope they it. shoot bad. And they 
the shot distribution has been a problem for Minnesota all season. They do they're one of the worst shooting three point teams in the league and they don't shoot that many threes and they typically make up for it because they have a lot of talent and they you know, Colin Anthony Towns is a force in the middle and Wiggins the rack as does Jimmy Butler. But uh that's gonna be tough when you're playing against a team like the Rockets, where when you have James Harden and Chris Paul or just James Harden on the floor, they're playing a slow pace, but they're almost exclusively shooting three-pointers. And if they they can string three or four of those in a row, it's done. Game over. Yeah. I mean, I would say I, I knew Minnesota was in trouble for sure, though, was when I looked and, you know, you watch the game and you see that Derrick Rose is – leading the charge of a, a team, an NBA team on offense and is the only real player that can generate offense. And you look at your calendar and realize it's 2018, not 2010. Yeah. <laughs> and been weird, then you see effective in this series. I don't really on offense. Cause then it's, then again, you go and you look and it's like, Oh, Tom's the coach. All right. Defense. And then you see Derek play defense now and it's, not very good. No, no. no <laughs> not he's, very he's not good, good at all. But they've they've needed someone to to spark the offense off the bench, and he's he's been more effective than Jordan Crawford in this series. So I, I can't I can't really Jamal sorry. Crawford. It's Jamal Crawford. I apologize, Jamal Crawford. Uh, so I I can't knock D Rose too much. He's he's been you know better better. No, than it's no Derek. Yo, Derek, Derek Fan Nation is very happy with his performance. He's going to let you know about it all offseason um, when he signs another minimum. Deal. But, uh, no, like, for him, great. I'm happy for him. Like, it, it was cool. I mean, I got a kick out of it and, and whatever. I, I want Derek Rose to be able to play basketball as long as possible. I think this definitely helped him because there's enough somewhat dumb GMs that will eat this is up and – he will rather, or he will stay on Minnesota. If anything, this has secured him another. I know where he's going to be next year. Uh, I do too. <laughs> I I think we'll get to have said we both watched. Yeah, we both shared a city with Derrick Rose. Uh, both shared a city. Well, well, I'm not. I'm not going to. Don't bring Chicago into that. Um, but yeah, just when that's a situation, that's a bad sign for a team for your team. Uh, Toronto's up 101-93 now uh, as we live broadcast this mm-hmm. and record. Um, so, yeah, that's all I really – I don't really have much more. I really do want to – I'm glad we saved this one for last because I'm still – I knew this was coming, but I'm pissed that it's here. Why are you pissed that it's here? And then I have a question for you after we do this because I do have – uh, some player accolades I need to find out from you okay. on. Okay, so Utah is up three one against OKC. Uh, after after not after surprised losing game one, and after uh, you know Ricky Rubio is is growing up in front of our eyes, man. He's uh, playoff rubes. Donovan Mitchell has been spectacular. Ricky Rubio has been... Just heaving up shots and scoring. Ricky Rubio has been managing the offense perfectly and making enough shots to keep the defense honest and opening up uh, more room for other for everyone else to... That was my knock on them going into the series was, Ken, are, is Ricky going to make OKC respect his shot at all? And he has. I mean... You know, and they didn't. Specifically, no. he pointed that out after... After game three, and uh, Gobert has been great defensively. I, well, I don't know if it's I, – I, I don't know if the OKC respects his shot still, but I didn't think there was going to be a talking point where, like, shutting Ricky Rubio down was going to be ever a part of it. I guess in my tiny basketball brain, I would think that if Ricky Rubio is the one leading the surge, similar to what we talking about Derrick Rose, I'm like – all right, so you tell me OKC's doing pretty good. <laughs> if Ricky Rubio is the only one that could generate offense, right? Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think I think OKC might have found their way to the second round. And that is not the case. 
Uh, it's not looking no. good for OKC. And it's not looking good for Paul George staying in OKC. They fucking just quit last night. They just they do not seem to be in a very good place right now. And Mello is so fucking trash. Been, he has not been good in this series. He's a and plus yeah OKC is losing the matchups of yeah the Rubes versus uh, Westbrook. Rubes is unfortunately one. Um, then Joel Ingles versus Paul George. Joel Ingles is he is taking camp in Paul George's head, and he is just fucking. He's won so many people's hearts in this playoffs. He is the definitely the first round sweetheart for America. He's been on a tear since the All Star break. He's playing great basketball. But he's num. I mean, he's. Over the last two seasons, he's been one of the best three-point shooters in the league. He's a plus defender. He's on my fantasy team. I know. Great acquisition by me in our fantasy league. Um, No, I guess really I just wanted to really say, first and foremost, uh, I didn't really like, although, so Russ had a, it was a bad look for him in game four. Going in saying, and oh, we're going to shut that shit down after Rubes got a triple-double in Game 3. And just, that's all he cared about. That was his only game plan. You know, we've we've said this before. I guess I said it. My, my concern with this series is that so many times OKC looks like they're playing, you know, there's five guys shooting at the same hoop, but they're all trying to do it themselves. Where Utah is a uniform team, like their entire offense, their system, these guys nowhere to execute it so well that they're they're a tough team and the, the fact that they then have a, a rookie who's playing like this is his, his fourth or fifth playoff series already and is finishing at the rim sh- pouring shots all over the place not very efficient but him doing his own thing within that is is incredible but when you turn to OKC I mean yeah so Russ messed up but I got to give some heat to Paul George because people think very highly of Paul George and, and all the shit he's gotten in the past or his playoff performances and uh, not really rising up, some would say, at any moments when he needed to. Add the series to it because, I mean, yeah, Russ was in foul trouble and that was stupid as hell for him to pick up the third foul and even dumber that Billy Donovan didn't have a sack or just the mind was mindful enough to pull him but so Russ like really because of himself and partly because it was very dumb coach his non-NBA head coach uh like that's kind of like he got taken out of that game unfortunately and that's where you would hope Paul George could take up and, and be the leader of that and really you know have that be a the playoff Paul kind of game um, but it also, I will say, also sucks, you know, Melo is just fucking done. <laughs> it's, he's been so hot garbage. He's going to be a very, it is insane to watch. Hot garbage next year. Oh, that option. He is going to, the biggest million? effing smile oh my. to brick everything. That's going to hurt pretty bad. Um, especially, yeah, no Pete, no Paul George, but then just Russ and Brick City Mellow. It's going to be an interesting matchup for assuming that these two series continue to go the, the way that they're looking like. Rockets will likely play Utah in the next round, which is going to be really interesting with how what kind of lineups Houston's trolling out there to try to you know neutralize Gobert. I'm, I, That's going to be interesting. I'm kind of fucking in on that, dude. Him, Donovan versus CP. Oh, it's going to be it's gonna it's gonna fucking be a fun tough. matchup, and I do not think there's any chance that Houston ends up sweeping there, but uh, that's just that's going to be a very interesting one to, to just kind of see how those teams match up against one another um, because I think the Jazz, I think Jazz, you know, I don't know what they're going to do with Gobert, and I'm not going to, I don't know what they're going to do with Favors, but maybe they can hurt Houston enough on the offensive glass that they, you know, they could, they could, they could switch stuff up. I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe they make 
Houston I, play Capella a little bit more, but we'll see. But that's fine because Ru- Rudy. I think what you might see though is Derek Favors might get not be getting that many minutes. I because I would almost make the argument you have to go to a you put him at the four uh, against against Houston and then you you roll out Donovan Mitchell and. Like the one nice thing is you can kind of have Rubio. I don't know. I don't know if you. Yeah, I kind of. I mean, in some ways, yeah, you have Rubio out there, Donovan Mitchell, and then Crowder, and you. I think that that cancels because Crowder and. Yeah, I, that kind of gives you. I think your best chance to cancel out enough. Yeah, Crow- people Crowder, on either Crowder side. I get a lot of run at the four. Yeah, and Ingles. Yeah, so I guess yeah, you could do Crowder. If, yeah, whatever you want. But yeah, then Crowder, Ingles, Gobert, probably gonna play a lot of five. Mitchell. Yeah, whenever Gobert's not out there, is the but I think you're probably gonna get yeah. Right, but I don't think Derek. I don't. I think Gobert's gonna have to play a ass ton. Just gotta stay out of foul trouble. But what PJ, you mentioned some yes words. Yeah, well, really, just one. I asked one question. I first want to just give a, just shouts to Ben Simmons, Donovan Mitchell, and Jason Tatum. Being an awesome, uh, an awesome rookie class after the year where we had to give the rookie of the year to Malcolm Brogdon, which I like Malcolm. Well, Brogdon, but not only that, but geez. no, it's not even. No, yeah, I was just mainly saying of like the last time we've probably like had like a really significant rookie performance in a. For a pl- in a playoff is, I mean Dwayne Wade. There was Melo, but I mean, there. Re- but I mean Dwayne Wade was excellent in his his rookie season in the playoffs. So, like his last like rookie player that's really been carrying playoff teams and just all three of those dudes like looking like they have played in a hundred games already in the playoffs. Like have really not looked like rookies at all, and it's been really awesome. I think. You know, people consistently are saying Tatum and, or I mean, are saying Ben Simmons and Don Mitchell. I just want to make sure my boy Jason Tatum does get some love because he's, he's been, been a, awesome. a pro ass. He is, don't, doesn't matter what Milwaukee is throwing at him. He has been scoring on them whenever he finds a look that he likes. So it, I want to make sure my boy, who I know I made the argument about for an outside chance, but still like, he will kind of get forgotten in this, and I'm going to be the one guy that kind of just wants to let it be known who was putting buckets up for the Celtics when you didn't have Hayward or Kyrie. But my question, yes. off my off my step, who's your favorite playoff player? Like, and, and this so you could say playoff Paul George, say playoff Lance, playoff Rubio, uh, playoff Don. Playoff Lance? Did I say Lance already? Yeah, you said Lance already. Who's my who's okay. my favorite playoff player? So, like, yeah, just guy whose playoff performance is just significantly playoff Joel Ingles. <laughs> like, who of guys that just have had like a I wouldn't say excessively, but just have, have played above what you your expectations were. I mean, and it seems like it's just because it's the playoffs. I, I've got to give Ricky Rubio some dap here. I think he deserves it. I fucking knew it. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> I mean, I I never thought I'd say it, but as a as a Tinder, Timberwolf fan, you're definitely missing Ricky Rubio a little right now, seeing him doing the things he's doing for Utah. And uh, I mean, he's been on. He has been really, really good for them. Like he his shots certainly not not falling you know as much as you'd like to see from your starting point guard but he's still such a good passer and a good and a plus defender that he's like if he wasn't playing as well as he has been they they that series could easily be two two okay he's played at points but <laughs> who, who's, who's yeah i figured well, I'm like, because I feel like I'm a little bit more on the underground up and up of it would be playoff on because 
I think it's going to be a thing. I was just say you're, he's got two you're buying sam- stock really early on him then because I mean how many minutes has he even gotten for them? Not a lot. The last two games, he I mean he was closing out for them. He didn't play at all in yeah, the first two yeah, games that's what though. I was Really, he's not getting yeah, but that's what I mean. Then he came in and was like huge for them. No, you're right. You're right. In the last three games, so and it's it, he didn't play. I don't think he played in game one against Toronto. I know he didn't play in game one against Toronto, but then game two, I maybe J Kid rolled him out. But then it was like, yeah, when he came back to Milwaukee, even then he just had those two monster games. So I guess if it's, I don't have any significant road playoff Don performances yet because he was not great last night. So maybe we can't give him it. We can give home playoff Don the nod, but then I have to default to go to Lance because, but then that's Lance against LeBron. So, because that's really the only one that's fun. So then I got, I got to go with Joe motherfucking Ingles (laughs) and his shit talking and, everything like like this series he's been so much fun like it's uh if you haven't it's pretty badass like i just podcast what they did with zach Lowe a while back it's worth, it's worth i know it. you've been you told me about that two weeks yeah i know because it's because everyone a lot of people don't really like he's he's australian yeah, too which makes accent, it even better i'm not even saying like he definitely oh. talks about some interesting stuff but the accent alone is reason enough to listen yeah, and now that uh, well, Andrew Boga just retired from the league yesterday, so Joel Ingles, watch out, Ben Simmons. Joel Ingles is the uh, could be the face of Australian basketball. Yeah, they're uh, they're a rare breed. I mean, you can't forget uh, Patty Mills. Patty Mills is in there too, but not a lot. Dante Exum also on the Jazz. Still not a ton of Australians, but some good ones. Uh, they've got a five. Matthew Delladova. Yep. Well, no, he is, that yeah, is. yeah. Um, do you have any... I don't know why I said it like that. Do you have that. any other shout-outs? I guess those are shout-outs to our favorite uh, playoff players, but anything else before we call today? Uh, did you want to... Did, did I have any? Yeah, did you have any? So, really the... Because I'm, I'm only going to do two. I'm picking, I'm trying to cut so one. The, really the only one that I, or I think this is my only one, is... Uh, you know, definitely have cooled off on my NFL viewership over the last year or so, but I still really love watching the first round of the NFL draft. So shout out to the NFL draft because it's it's one yeah. of the few things the NFL really has going for it, and pretty excited to watch that tomorrow. And and now just the stupid ass picks that we're gonna see. Like Josh Allen's gonna go number one to the Browns, and we get to watch him suck. Dude, the I I was like thinking, you know, the Browns thing of just like it's just how fucking much of a thing it is. Is that I was like, you know, if it comes down to Josh Allen or Sam Darnold, like that is that's the fork in the road of is are they gonna Browns us up or not? Also, the fact that it's Baker Mayfield. And motherfucking Josh Allen is like, you just doing the Browns. You're doing the Browns. Buy that for a single second that they are considering Baker Mayfield at one. There's no way that they are even considering them at one. I dude, he he might be the second quarterback off the board. I just can't believe that. And that, that Baker like Mayfield because he might go to the Jets if he. I like Baker Mayfield, but oh, badass. Awesome college football player, but I'm not ready. I mean, I understand some Browns, of it, and it's like he's not Johnny Manziel. What? If you the Browns, are you going to take him? I, it's just, I just don't. The last. At four? Take him at four? Yeah, that, that, if you really, if you really think he's your guy, take him at four, but you better take some defense at number one or Saquon Barkley or something there. I, I don't know. No, leave no defense, but, you know, I hope as a Bears fan that I want, I want my, my woke warrior. Uh, little brother, you know, Josh Rosen, who's I'm in love with. Uh, I'm interested to see where he goes. Uh, but him, Sam Donald, Baker Mayfield, and uh, Josh Allen all might go in the first seven picks, <laughs> which would be great for the Bears because I just I'm gonna say it right now. 
Yeah. And, and shout out Deuce. Deuce, if you and I can talk, if you when you listen to this, give me a call. Willing to talk to uh, have the Bears, Ryan Pace, make it three years out of three that he trades up in the first round. Um, would love that five pick. So it, it, only if Bradley Chubbs is there. I'm only taking ch- offers for Chubb. So if he happens to be there at five, it would be really, really great if that pick could come to us. All right. What's your shout-out? By us, I mean the Chicago Bears, which I have no actual affiliation with and apologize for. Um, damn it, no, I lost them. Put my phone down because you got me. You hit one of my my points. Um, so I guess I will do my one shout out is going to be. Um, oh man, now you just. Oh, I wanted to shout out the. Um, how did I want to do this? Oh, this is terrible. Oh, yeah, shout out Kanye for breaking the internet. We'll do this one first. Um, his Twitter shit has been wild and has gone. It's it's really just accelerating more and more by the minute. Of uh, of just everything that that is Kanye Twitter. We've we've gone off the rails a lot. Um, but man is still trying to take over the internet one wild ass tweet at a time. So. I guess shout out Kanye for that, but also not a shout out because he's wearing MAGA hats. We didn't really look that. Um, I, I just don't know. I and then, don't even know. Don't know what to say about it anymore. Excited for your music, Kanye. Yeah, I mean, I'm ex- really excited about that Nas album, so... Uh, my other one was going to be, though, for uh, James Shaw, who's the guy that uh, stopped the Waffle House shooter. is the hero and, like, went and visited the couple of the, of the other victims, who the survivors so far. Um, that dude's, like, an actual, like, crazy super. Like, he grabbed the barrel of the gun, like, burnt his hand because uh, of it. But it's just, like, a badass freaking Waffle House hero. Yeah, that was a pretty wild story, but that's great. Yeah, and it's I'm just I'm like really glad though that he's kind of in it that way because just like I think people are gonna remember his name more than the actual like guy who why he had a gun is is beyond anyone when you look into it. Um, him, but like that the hero of this is gonna be the the one known more than the person that carried it out so yeah that was pretty cool all right man well we got a couple couple more games left of round one here but um we're gonna be in round two by the next time we do a podcast so i'm excited um we'll see uh my predictions have been average so far i think that you're trending a little bit better than i am but i'll be Yes. For your bucks to pull off a couple wins here and getting to the second round. Yeah, and uh, just know that if for some reason the bucks uh, aren't able to, at least there's one team I can I can quickly jump over boats to, uh, as far as uh, who I'll be rooting for. Nick's back. Nick's free. Yo, check us out at uh, the point forward on Twitter. Uh, the point for NBA at gmail.com. We'll talk to all of you next week.